Thank you for joining us on this week's episode of 22 Motivational Minutes with Marlowe, where we connect and collaborate with experts in their industries, published authors, and fascinating people. And as a chief inspirational officer, I am focused on the development of people by unearthing their values, their talents, and their self-worth, otherwise known as self-esteem. Because people matter, self-worth matters, and time matters. And when all of that aligns, everything works. And so today we have Emily. Are you with us, Emily? Yes. All right. All right. So I am excited to share who Emily Bennington is. And so let's just get a little insight. She is a best-selling author and founder of Work Plus Space Conscious Career Center by Design. She's named one of Monster.com's 11 career experts to follow. And Emily has led training programs on composure for numerous Fortune 500 companies and has also been featured in press ranging from CNN, ABC, and Fox and the Wall Street Journal in addition to Glamour, Marie Claire, and Cosmopolitan Magazine. So you can tell right there, we have got a lot to learn from Emily today. She does have a weekly blog, and that touches um, her tribe, and it's just growing by the thousands, and they're people that are seeking a holistic approach to being in the world. While Emily's site is gender neutral, Forbes has listed it as one of the 100 best websites for women. So I don't know about you, but just listening to who Emily Bunnington is, I think we should just get started. How's that sound? You good <laughs> Sounds with that? great. All right. All right. So um, from that background, Emily, I just have to ask, I mean, give us a little bit of insight into how you have um, positioned yourself. And, you know, if there's entrepreneurs and business people out there that want to learn from that background, tell us how you got there. <laughs> well, that's been a little bit of a moving target for me because when I first started my career, I was working in college two career. So I was uh, helping college students transition into the workforce. And then I started working with women who wanted to move into executive management. Uh, and then I started working in um, spirituality at work. So I've had quite a varied uh, path along the way. But what, what I will say um, to anyone listening who wonders about branding quote unquote themselves and boxing themselves into a corner in that way that as your career evolves uh, as you evolve it's okay and don't feel like you need to stick with one thing I mean I have constantly moved with my audience and they've come with me and so um, just just continue to, to follow what feels good to you and uh, and the right people will come along. Absolutely. So you speak of the spiritual element, and you know you are a best-selling author, and you recently have produced a book called Miracles at Work, turning inner guidance into outer influence. I mean, right there, that just who did you write this for? I wrote this for anyone who really feels like they have a spiritual element to themselves. We all have a spiritual element. It just depends on how awake we are to it. Um, and a you know professional, and what we are not so good at these days is merging these two aspects of ourselves. So you know we have the spiritual side, and you know maybe it comes out on Sundays, or maybe it comes out in yoga practice, or whatever. And then we go to work, and we're just sort of expected to hang that on a hook and put on our quote unquote work armor. And that's just not working for a lot of people. And so the question that I wanted to answer with Miracles at Work is, how can we bring the wisdom and compassion of our spiritual practice into the office 
And how can we bring the discipline that we tend to bring to our careers into our spiritual practice? And so just merging these two sides of ourselves um, in a way that flows has always been uh, interesting to me, and that's what I wanted to explore within Miracles at Work. Interesting. So Emily, would you say that you have led with spirituality in the workplace your, throughout your career, or is this something that you had a catalyst moment that connected you to it? I'm just curious. Yeah, absolutely catalyst moment, um, a thousand percent. I, I had a moment where um, I was just really up, I call it snow globe thinking, just really up in my head about um, just really living with a lot of anxiety related to my career. And I started a mindfulness practice where I was really getting into this idea of separating emotional thoughts from strategic thinking and then creating that space between stimulus and response and owning that space. And the deeper that I got into that, the more I started infusing my work with spirituality and not in any way that I was sort of running around the office, um, you know, evangelizing or anything like that. It was more just about stopping, breathing, pausing, asking for help. And the more that I started to do that, the more composure I had, the more, I guess we would call it leadership presence, executive presence. And it wasn't the result of a quote unquote professional development tool. It was my spiritual practice that I was pulling into work and it was having these external effects, but it was an internal practice that was the catalyst for these changes externally. And so, um, yeah, so that's, that's what I wanted to write about. Was there a specific um, program that you followed to connect and unearth that about you or where, where did that come from? Yeah. So I'm a student of a course in miracles. And so a course in miracles has been my spiritual practice for the last six years. And one of the things that the the course teaches you is, is, and one of the things that I've been uh, working on is the course will always tell you that it's not so much that the other person who has triggered you is to blame for your behavior. It's, always going to ask you to stop and look at what is your part in every situation and to shift your own thinking from fear. It calls shift your thinking from fear to love, but fear encompasses um, anger, frustration, overwhelm, competition, all of those things. If you go deep enough into them, they're all related to fear of some kind. And so what, what I learned from the course is that uh, whereas before I felt the victim of or at the effect of all these external circumstances and people in my life, what I learned from the course was that, well, it's really just how I'm perceiving the world around me. And then once I started to shift my perspective, then the external uh, situations and circumstances started to change as well. Absolutely. And as we know with Marian Williamson, you know, in what you're describing as she states, you know, turn that fear-based thinking into the miracle-minded thinking. And, I mean, that's, that's something I think can be so powerful if people can tap into it. And that leads me to this. How did you get Marian Williamson to be a forward in your new book? <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. I, she's one of I the gurus, think, right? <laughs> yeah, no, she's yes. it. She's it. She's such a light in the world. And I, she did not know me. Uh, I knew her, obviously, from having followed her for quite a while. But I essentially stalked her for a year <laughs> and um, I flew I live in Charlotte and so I flew from Charlotte to LA 
where she was living and speaking at the time just to stand in line and talk to her after one of her lectures and introduce myself. And then when she was running for Congress, I flew to New York to see her. So I just kept kind of bumping into her in, in different ways. And eventually I got her attention and sent her the book. And, and ultimately it was because she liked the book, but it did take a little while to, to actually get her to, to, to pay attention. Oh, <laughs> I'm us. sure. Because yes. she has so many people who, who want something from her. And, and having spent some time with her subsequently, I can just, when you're around her, you can just see um, the effect that she has on people. And so um, I'm not surprised that it took me a while to break through, but I'm so grateful and thankful that, that, it, that, it, that it did. Oh, absolutely. And I too, because I mean, just by reading your words of knowledge and, and how you've positioned it, it's just an extension, right? And I, I just, there's so much power in that. So do you have a yeah. favorite chapter as you wrote the book that you want to share with us? Is there something that really stands tall for you? Yeah, there's, there's so, what I love about um, Miracles at Work is really that it walks the reader through course principles and actually teaches you how to apply them at work. So I know that you're familiar with A Course in Miracles and you can just see it is a thick, heady book that is very intimate. It's a doorstopper, right? Right. <laughs> so where, where do you start with this? And so just breaking it down into very, very simple things like this is a book called A Course in Miracles. Well, what is a miracle? We define a miracle. How do you get it? Um, what is it that causes us to go into this shaken snow globe thinking in the first place and just really sort of pulling those elements out of the course and being like, well, actually, you're, you're in this state of frustration, not so much because of, again, what somebody else is doing, but because of the way that you're perceiving it. And then once you sort of get this concept of shifting your thinking and watching your own mind and asking for help, the more it starts to happen for you, the more it just becomes this process where you start to rely on it. And the more you start to rely on your practice, again, just the more you're able to go through your life with tremendous amounts of, of ease. And then the more ease you have in your life, the more joy you let come in. So it's just, it's just an incredible path. And, and uh, I'm so grateful to be able to share these tools. Absolutely. Uh, you know, and it's, it's wonderful. So um, is there, as you, like, as you go through the book, um, you know, and you're, you're inter introducing it to people, um, is there anything specific that you had as setbacks that you had to overcome that led you to such deep spirituality? Yeah, so I had, you know, like many people, I was very, very much in my own head with, with my own anxiety. And one of the things that I learned from from the course is, um, gosh, I don't even know where to start on the lessons that I've learned from the course because there are just so many. But I, I'll start with this. You know, there's a there's a there's a section in the course that talks about perfection is not a matter of degree. And where we go wrong, particularly in our careers, is that we lean on our career to define us. And in some cases, your career becomes the source of your self-worth, right? It's, the, it's who you define yourself as and it's who you present yourself as to the world. 
And what that says, there's a lot of anxiety that comes with that because it says that you're not complete and you're looking for your career to fill some sort of hole that, that will make you complete. And one of the lessons that I learned from the course is this idea of perfection is not a matter of degree and that we're all, we all have this spiritually perfect piece of us. Um, our bodies are imperfect. Our thoughts are all over the place. We get very, very caught up in our own perceptions. But underneath of all of that, there is um, a perfection in all of us. And I like to say this perfection is not a dial that can be dialed up depending on what you do or don't do or dialed down. Your holiness is not greater than or less than anyone else's. It is just there. And once you really, really absorb that and really take that in, then you start to understand that your career isn't the source of your power. And so you stop leaning on your career as the, as the um, measurement of your worth. And just releasing all of those, all, all of that allows you, paradoxically, to come into your career with a stronger presence. And that stronger presence that you have is attractive to other people. They want to work with you. They want to be around you. They want to be your customer, client, et cetera, partner, colleague, all of that. And so the more that you just start to, again, just apply this thinking, the more it really starts to um, infuse into everything. And, and again, you just go through your life with far more ease. And so, yeah, that's, that's one of the, deep, the, the deeper lessons that I learned from the course is this matter of perfection. Right, right. And, you know, you and I, as we've gotten to know each other, we talk about, you know, I'm a self-proclaimed spirit junkie. I think you kind of have mm-hmm. to be at some level, right? And just being in the people business, it's so much bigger than us. And we do have to understand that, you know, we have to listen probably more than we have to do anything else, like listening to what's next. And, um, you know, talk to me a little bit about that. I mean, going from a really high level professional into matching spirituality to this. Why is that so important? Yeah, well, I say in the the introduction to to, to Miracles at Work where I – had gone to a conference, I was really, really struggling with this concept of introducing spirituality into what had been a completely secular career for me. Um, I had always talked about careers, but I had never once introduced my spiritual practice into it. And then what happened was I started to get coaching clients who would come to me because they you know, were preparing for a performance review or whatever, and they just needed strict career help, but then you just go a layer deeper and they're going through a divorce or they have a child that's sick or just all these big life problems. And I couldn't help them without bringing in elements of my own spiritual practice. And for those clients who were like, yeah, okay, I'm open to that. I started to see the same transformations in them that I had experienced myself. And so I was like, oh, there's something here. And so I couldn't figure out how to merge these two things because um, mindfulness is what I was practicing is what I was calling my spiritual practice at that time. Um, But mindfulness is very secular. Yes, it has spiritual components to it, but applied to the business world, it is secular and that's fine. It's secular for a reason. But I went to a mindful leadership conference and, and raised my hand and stood up in front of 500 people and asked the question, 
if mindfulness is a spiritual practice at its roots, then what role does spirituality play in business and leadership? And basically everyone was like, um, it doesn't. <laughs> like, I mean, literally it was like, no. I mean, I heard an audible sigh behind me of somebody who was like, um, uh, no. You know, so wow. basically, yeah. And people came up to me after I asked that question and came up to reinforce the fact that they did not want to see spirituality in the workplace. And so um, I absolutely understand why you wouldn't want religion in the workplace. I get that. But spirituality, I think, needs to be divorced from religion because what we're really talking about with a spiritual path is bringing wisdom and compassion into our life and we can't bring it into our life unless we bring it into our whole life, and that includes our work. Absolutely, yeah, being full-bodied, absolutely. Okay, so you talk about being, like, deep and wide, you know, in our careers. Talk to me about some insight that you have, you know, about being and teaching people to be, you know, bringing depth and, and width to their career. Yeah, well, I think that, you know, again, when we talk about our careers, we tend to um, talk about goals, right? So what do you want to achieve next? Where are you going? And what do you want a year from now, six months, two years from now? And so that puts us in a very sort of forward mindset. And that's okay. We we need to have goals. We need to have a vision that pulls us forward. And if the vision is strong enough, it gets us over the inevitable obstacles that are going to come along the path to the goal. I absolutely understand that. But where we go wrong in careers is we tend to be so goal-focused that we forget about what's happening in the present. And I have in, um, in uh, my last book, Who Says It's a Man's World, a, a pyramid about virtues, intentions, and goals. And at the bottom of the pyramid is the virtues, and that's your evergreen self. That's who you choose to be when you show up at the office every day. And we don't define that. You know, we don't say, I intend to be mindful today. I intend to be trustworthy, character driven, all this stuff. We don't define our virtues, our professional or personal virtues. And so when life hits us, then we don't know what to put in that space between stimulus and response. Like, so when you're highly triggered by something that happens to you at work, we tend to just fall apart. Like we become unzipped because we don't know who we're supposed to be in that moment because we haven't thought about it before. But if you have defined, okay, my virtue, my professional virtue um, is that I always want to be character driven. Okay, great. So when you're triggered at work, what does character mean for you right now? Because if you don't know enough to answer that question, then when you get triggered, you're just going to get angry. Absolutely. <laughs> and, so, yes. and so let's just think about what character means to you. And then you can insert character whenever, you know, whenever life happens, because it inevitably will. And so then, you know, once we define the virtues, we go up to intentions and it's like, okay, well, how would character behave? What do you intend to do in this present moment to 
to underscore the fact that character is your virtue. And then, then we talk about goals. So goals are really like one third. It's at the very top of the pyramid, but the bottom two pieces, the wider pieces of the pyramid are the who you choose to be and how you choose to show up. And if you get those things right, then the what will take care of itself. But where we go wrong is we spend so much of our energy and time focused on the what that we forget about the who and the how, and then we wonder why we're not getting what it is that we, we wanted. Oh, I love it. I love it. And the fact that you've really simplified that, Emily, really says a lot too. So tell us where we can find you. Where can we find your book? Uh, Amazon. You can find the books on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Books A Million, your favorite independent bookseller. I also, on my website, emilybennington.com, you can find links to all the books there. Okay, wonderful. Wow, what a great um, conversation here. And so to find more about Emily Bennington, you can also visit our website at marlohiggins.com where you can learn more about Emily, how to obtain her book, connect to her resources, and add her to your circle of influence. And so, Emily, this has been an absolute delight. Thank you so much for sharing with our audience today um, more about miracles and mindfulness and how it all connects to our spirituality and our professionalism. So powerful. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Absolutely, absolutely. So we invite you to share this podcast with others, and we thank you in, in advance for that partnership. This is Marlo Higgins, your host and Chief Inspirational Officer. Have a great rest of your day. Thank you.